Hello everybody and welcome to the last ever Totem Talks. It's not quite the last ever, but it's the last <laughs> one for 2020 certainly. Uh, this is our rap podcast. It's a rap. For the craziness that has been 2020. As always, I'm your host, Mark Smith. And I am Helen Fruin, co-host, I co-host guess. Co-host today. Yeah, okay. I, it depends who, who introduces the podcast, I guess. Uh-huh. Um, but as I've mentioned, today is a a bit of a review of the year. It's going to be not entirely one of those awful montage episodes that you see on telly, but um, we'll certainly be talking about a few interesting things that have happened in 2020. Um, I think the first one I think we're going to talk about, obviously, is COVID-19. How much of an impact has that had on our business? I think our response to COVID-19, and I think there's a little bit of wisdom we want to talk through as well towards the end of the podcast in terms of what we think we can offer other people going forward into 2021. So I'm going to give the floor to Helen. Who has no idea what to say on that subject. Yeah. COVID-19 seems a bit boring, isn't it? We want to say I mean, about COVID nineteen. Well, yeah, I mean, it is a bit boring, but I think I think there's a there's something I want to say in in, in into COVID nineteen okay. in terms of we've seen a lot of people struggling with the economic fallout from COVID nineteen. A lot of business owners, in particular. So, if we keep this strictly in the business space and not talk about the absolutely devastating personal impact that this has had on a lot of people, let's let's focus on the business element. I think. Um, Brexit taught me a lot so I was completely underprepared for the Brexit vote I went to bed thinking I'd wake up still in the European Union turns out that wasn't going to be the case and I think for me and a lot of our clients we were caught off guard and honestly if I'd been in any other company I think I would have been uh, I'd have been summarily fired for my lack of contingency planning for that for that outcome so this time a particularly sort of January time when I think you came back from Prague or Milan. You, you came back from sort of Central Europe and you said... This is bad. This is bad. It's coming. We need to prepare. Yeah, this is not the joke that some media outlets are making, actually. We we need to think about this. I was making it a joke. I, yeah, I called too. it panic flu. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I think when you came back and you had that attitude change we went straight into contingency planning and really learning the lessons from Brexit. So, you know, we we extended our credit lines with a few banks because to do it in good times is much easier than to do it in bad times. Uh, We made sure that our cash pile was readily accessible. So we moved the things around there. Whilst we had been online before, it had only represented about 20% of our business. So we scaled up quite quickly. We went from having sort of the entry level IT packages for Zoom and WebEx and things like that to the, you know, the enterprise grade stuff. We invested in some new hardware and some soft skills training for, you know, how to use that hardware, how to edit things and things like that so that we were ready. And if if it turned out that this was just some kind of random flu, then so be it. If not, um, we were there. So we were ready six weeks before the national lockdown came in. And I think that preparedness has really helped us mm. over the last almost 12 months now. Um, and to see how some of our competitors and some of our sort of fellow colleagues in this space mm. have really struggled to adapt. Um, I, I literally think it's come down to that preparedness point. I think there's a there's a quip from one of the Jason Bourne movies. Um, prepare 
uh, hope for the best, prepare for the worst. And I think that's what we managed to do. So certainly learning for me in the future, you know, given the two sort of business and economic issues uh, that I've faced in the last four years with Brexit and COVID is prepare, mm. um, do what you've got to do and uh, make sure it's it's you can switch things on and off quite quickly. I think that's well. And that's like. interesting because when the whole world's talking about pivoting and how are you pivoting your business, it sounds to me the word pivot i don't know somehow it it conjures up for me it's, it's quite a last minute thing mm. or oh i'm you know i've hit this obstacle i'm going to have to pivot whereas the idea that you've prepared in advance for that and you know how you could be turning your business and, and dealing with different obstacles is really interesting uh and certainly for me coming into the diversity and inclusion space i mean we were talking about this the other day that that has been a pivot mm. and it's still one I'm quite uncomfortable with and I'm I've got a call with a client this afternoon talking about D&I and I'm saying I'm not a diversity and inclusion expert but what's great is that I know who I can call on who is and mm -hmm. I am an unconscious bias ex expert I am a difficult conversations expert so there's something I can add in that space and I've got colleagues I can bring in to that mm. and even to be having those conversations suggested that we've managed to pivot quite quickly yeah and i think that's uh yeah whether that um dni change or pivot was required because of covid or not i don't i think it's a long time overdue the fact that we're talking you know quite exclusively these days about dni in the workspace um i think is is, is great news it's great news um trying to find um the right source material to help you through that is, is proving to be quite a challenge at the moment um and trying to find experts that we know and trust is quite difficult at the moment because it's all new to us. And I think it's it's a kind of a cautious approach that we're taking at the moment. And I think like you say about us being, you know, quite well geared for the difficult conversations and for unconscious bias, they're, they're natural parts of the DNI space. And we've talked before, I remember a previous podcast about confidence and having confidence in a changing market. You, you fall back on what you do know mm -hmm. rather than, oh, oh, we don't work in diversity and inclusion. That's new to us. Okay, if you if you call it, you know, I'm a DNI expert, it's new to us, it's not comfortable. If you say, okay, unconscious bias, difficult conversations, creating psychological safety for people to have good conversations, all of that is our sweet spot. Yeah. So falling back on what you do know, and then as you say, and we've managed to find two fantastic people to work with yeah. who are experts in that space. Between us, we are coming up with some fantastic content. Yeah, and I, and I think for, for, for businesses and possibly for individuals, I think we learned a little while ago that you should tell what you know. Um, you know, I recently had a, little, a bit of a tour around Red Bull in terms of you know how they operate. They don't actually make energy drinks. They outsource it. They're a massive marketing firm. That's all that they are these days. Um, they've got a bigger budget than Warner Brothers, I think, in terms of how much they spend on marketing. And they're selling that, that I, they're selling that IP. They're selling that knowledge. They're going out to other production houses and saying, this is how you make awesome content. And so a part of their revenue chain now is selling what they know. And I think we learned that quite early, mm. certainly pre-Brexit, I think, in terms of, well, what actually do we know? Mm. How do we... How do we help? So whenever something new pops up, it's like, well, what do I know about this space? How can I incorporate that in my business activity? And I think that applies definitely to businesses who may be listening. I think it also implies to individuals within a workspace. So imagine if, if you've got a career projection or your career planning, all of these wonderful and important things. 
what is it that you know? Mm. What is it that you could be upselling to your boss, to your business, um, perhaps to another business? I mean, you know, let's let's not rule out the uh, jump Jumping ship. Jumping ship. Jump ship, go self-employed. It's awesome. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so, so I think it's, 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 for me, it's learning and application of learning has been, a, has been really important for, for businesses in 2020. And if we're talking about wrapping up the podcast for this year uh, to be launched again sometime in January. Yeah. Is there anything to share in terms of what you've learned running this podcast? Yeah, um, A, it's not as easy as it looks. (laughs) I don't know I ever would have said it looked easy from the outside. Um, I've got a great deal of respect now for for podcasters. I think particularly, I mean, you know, obviously when you start a podcast, you hope to be the next Joe Rogan just without the fancy guests. But um, to see him have a two, three hour conversation with somebody to hold that energy level, to hold that interest, and then for the poor soul who then has to edit that, because I can imagine it's not a three-hour recording, it's more like a five-hour recording, and watching Robert Downey Jr. get smashed and stoned, trying to keep him on point is probably harder than Helen trying to keep me on point. <laughs> so the editing behind that as well is quite intense. Um, so the physical aspect of producing these podcasts has been um, challenging at times. I think where it has added a lot of value is that every week, me and you, have to have a conversation and that has been massively valued for the business i think it's been valuable for our relationship together and i think we're making better business better business decisions because of it and also i think because of the way we've been quite cute about our topics they're not there is obviously if you go back over the 36 ish episodes now there's no rhyme or reason to the titles that we picked you know there's no set sermon series for the year um but every week that topic has come up because it's been a hot topic in this office it means that we're talking about what our clients are talking about yes and that adds value to our marketing stream further down the line as well so when people come and say have you got anything on dni for example yes we have we've got at least a podcast and out of this will probably come an article or two on our website because Mm -hmm. it's fresh in our minds so as a business activity it's it's peerless really is i totally agree on the benefit of you and i talking through things our clients are talking about mm-hmm. so because i'm i'm the person who looks after client relationships i'll go and have those conversations with the client possibly then come back to my desk write up notes send proposals write training courses but to actually come back and have a conversation with you about it where we're looking at well how does that add value to our listeners it helps my processing, it helps my thinking. Mm-hmm. And then the next conversation with the client, my thinking has moved on that bit. So it, it's been a very useful thinking out loud process for me. And as you say, from a marketing perspective to then, you know, I'm having a conversation with a client. So we just recorded a podcast on this. And I'm like, well, what did you say? You know, I'd like to listen, but give me a flavor of it. It just adds something else to the conversation. Yeah. In fact, I'd probably go so far as to recommend it for, for you know, senior leaders, uh, within a business just to find a, a, a comfy space. It doesn't have to be weekly. I think weekly has been quite intense. I think maybe in the new year we'd probably go to one every two weeks. Um, but for senior leaders to be able to have this kind of conversation recorded and then be made available for their staff so their staff can see what their senior mm. leaders are thinking, how they're getting there, it humanizes the C-suite quite a lot, I think this process does. And it, I think it encourages engagement. 
So I would I would probably recommend it within a business because if you all you've got to do is twelve and you've got ten board members, you know that's a, that's one a year, frankly. Yeah. Just to get someone to, in to support that, it's no, it's no biggie. I mean, it's, this equipment costs peanuts relatively. And there's something huge. You know, I've had two conversations recently with coaching clients where their internal conversation, so between that C-suite team, is, you know, this is what the business needs to do. This is what's happening next. And then there's this separate conversation about, well, what do we tell our staff? Yeah. And the idea that we would tell our staff all of that conversation we've just had about, you know, we think this is the right thing for the business. This is how it's going to benefit our customers, our stakeholders, our long-time business growth. But then what we say to the staff is, oh, we think it's going to benefit you and here's how it can benefit yeah. you. It doesn't give them enough context and it doesn't explain the bigger why yeah. in terms of customers, stakeholders, growth. So to be recording those conversations, and I'm sure you'd want to edit some of it. I'm sure yeah, you would absolutely. not want to share everything. Yeah, yeah, That's you fine. I believe some of the things that are lying on our editing room floor. <laughs> so yeah, there's huge benefit in that sharing more. And that comes up all the time in our leadership development programs that leaders in it, in an attempt to show themselves as having all the answers and having it all worked out they don't share their thinking mm -hmm. one of my clients said to me recently we need to get a lot more comfortable with wonky conversations yeah let's just go in and say you know what we know this is the right thing to do we're not quite sure how to do it what do you think yeah and just be okay with that going in all kinds of wonky directions yeah um back to uh covid not that i want to talk about covid uh the personal side where where have you, where 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 what has been the most important personal learning or personal journey that you've been on in the last 12 months what have you discovered about yourself perhaps hmm. i find it hard to answer the question immediately because there's a lot for me about what i've enjoyed and what i found challenging but i guess if the question is more learning it's being more confident in my ability to pivot, in my ability to adapt. Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, April, May time, where we're all this news, oh, you've got to pivot your business. I was going, oh my gosh, what do I need to do to pivot my business? We'd already done it mm -hmm. and we were succeeding. So there's been a confidence boost for me about knowing I can do that. And that clearly it came so naturally yeah. that as you've described, we were doing it before lockdown even started. Yeah. How about for you? Uh, I think for me, it's been the, the I have a notion in my mind about square one. So whenever you lose a computer game, you always go back to the beginning. And I have this idea that mentally, physically and emotionally, I have a square one that I have developed. Um, it's the ability to turn off all of the shiny ball ball direct debits I have in my bank account. It's the idea that... Um, there's a there's a small group of people, so my wife and a close knit group of friends who provide all of the support that I need. Um, emotionally, it's about resilience, and that's also linked to uh, when you do turn off all the shiny ball ball things. You know, I go I go back to exercise because it's it's a good place for me to be. It helps with my endorphins and it helps with my self confidence. So this this coming back to square one, where I really pare down my life in order to survive and so when we went into the national lockdown march april time that's the mindset that i had and it was only after discovering what you know the new normal was what what, what the impact of lockdown was on the business on the home finances on 
the relationships I was having with other people. Once I discovered that by sort of May, I could re-emerge from square one and begin to, you know, go back out into the world of a sort. So for me, square going back to square one um, was really important. Uh, and I think it's really benefited me. It's actually the first time I've been able to fully test it. Um, obviously, my square one is a, is a bit more luxurious than it was when I was at university and post-university. But I think it's the mental and emotional piece that has really carried me through the last, I don't know, six months or so. And it's interesting because so many people have talked about through this time, they've learned what's most important. Yeah. Uh, I guess you're wording that in a different way. It's like, yeah. what's the bare minimum? Yeah, what's the What bare is minimum? most important? Yeah. What's the bare minimum? And so many people have commented on, you know, when life goes back to some kind of normal or new normal, how do we keep hold of those things that are important? So I guess mm. there's a similar reflection on you on keeping that bare minimum yeah, some of the, I, yeah, and I, I think that's the thing. I don't really know what the new, you know, obviously it's all very exciting with the vaccine and all of these things. The idea that we could go back to some semblance of normal, but I'm not sure how far back I actually want to go. Mm. So before my diary was nuts. It was just it was just constantly packed with stuff that I have not missed at all for the last mm. six months. In fact, I've been liberated. In fact, I've been liberated by not having it in my diary. I've enjoyed time for me. I've enjoyed time with my family. I've enjoyed time with my friends. I feel far more stronger and far more energized going into the one or two now, mm. you know, intentionally chosen areas of extracurricular activity, if you like. Uh, whereas before I felt, you know, I felt stretched, like not enough butter spread over toast. Um, <laughs> That's no good. You've got to have lots you've of got to have a lot of butter. So yeah, I, I, I'm not sure how, how to manage that going forward when people start saying, oh, get back into town, let's get back into work. Mm. You know, sticking you on a plane again. Mm. Mm. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. So we talk about this being a wrap. Yeah. We're wrapping up now for a few weeks. Uh, when do we start again? And any intentions for what podcasts Totem Talks 2021 will look like? I think 2021, I think like we say, we'll probably just make it a, li a little logistically a little bit easier for ourselves and go down to one every two weeks. I would like to see more guest speakers, frankly. I, um, I've enjoyed I've, I've enjoyed editing it. Obviously, I've not interviewed them, but I've enjoyed edit editing every guest, particularly because on an edit, you get to see the conversation before and afterwards. I often i am desperate to leave those conversations in because they're actually they're more enjoyable for me to listen to. Well, you did for one of them. Well, I did Ar for Arisaro uh, podcast. Sorry, yeah, yeah. I thought I, I loved that podcast. Um, and I loved the chitter chat before yeah. and afterwards. It was, it was a wonderful interaction. Uh, so I'd like to see more guest speakers. I think I would like to see more targeted business uh, conversations. I think we, we have a, a surprising amount to offer for the small business owner or the small business group who are running a smaller company. And whilst that might not appeal to the the bigger companies who are listening quite at the moment, um, we do know our stuff. And I think given the, the strength of which we've come through the last 10 months suggests that we might have something worthwhile to share. So that's that's where I'd like to see the podcast go in 2021. What about you? I'm always going to go practical tips. Practical tips. Which makes it much more about the people manager, the HR person, the learning and development professional uh yeah what what's out there what research is there 
we could do Lencioni's new model and how to use it you know that that kind of stuff that's what I love that's what I do for a living yeah, yeah. Uh, it's in my bones so maybe it's kind of a you've got three kind of types of podcasts you've got the three conversations interviews mm-hmm. you've got the small business owner type podcasts and the HR business psychology tips ones yeah Maybe we'll that's see. how we split it. We'll see. We'll have a we'll, have, we'll scratch our collective chins over Christmas and see what what comes out in the new year. Brilliant. Thanks everyone as always for listening and we wish you a fantastic break of whatever kind you're going to have over the next few weeks. We'll see you in January. Take care everyone.